Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Another exciting time here because we have an amazing guest on the show today. And absolutely adore this woman. She identifies now as a women's health and wellness coach and specializes in the mindset side of things, which we're all about, aren't we, Absolutely. Sherelle? So we would love to introduce the one and only Nikki Kassabom. Yay! Kassabom. Get around it. I seriously thought that Nikki's last name was Kassa, but <laughs> you, you do learn something new every day. So again, thank you for jumping on the show, Nikki. Thank you so much for having me, you two. I'm really excited to be here. I've been watching your stuff for a while now and you two are just so awesome. So very uh, excited and very grateful to be on this space. Thank you. And it has been an absolute pleasure just to watch you transform over mm. the past two years or so that I've uh, known you and really gotten to know you. Mm. But I'm, I, from what you've shared in public as well that it's been quite a journey for you phenomenal but I would just like to highlight just ever since you sort of made yourself more public um you're just non-stop with the growth and really making your individual mark in the industry so that's why we just had to have you on you've got so much to to give and so much value uh for everyone so thank you for becoming more public with everything yeah thank you thanks Danny you know I have had quite a few I guess, landmarks or breakthroughs along the way that have been quite significant along that journey and have really allowed me to have, you know, transformations and have a lot more insights and and clarity into my own, um, not just physical, but, you know, mental well-being. Mm -hmm. And it's really, you know, I guess, illuminated a pathway um, and guided me along this journey to where I've been now. And, you know, I'll be real with you. It hasn't all been you know, beautiful and, and, you know, transformational. Some of it has been quite difficult, but, you know, I'll say it again, and I've said it many times before, it's only through adversity that we're allowed to grow and, and allowed to learn things about ourselves. So, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. Oh, you're amazing. It's beautiful. And I think, you know, just to, for our listeners, you know, us three sitting here, we know each other through competing, but, you know, I think we've all been able to get so much more out of competing than what we ever could have imagined. And it is Mm. so much more than just the aesthetics of the stage. And, you know, it's funny when you think about how we've all connected, like how Mm. did you guys meet? Oh, how did we meet, Nikki? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, we have the same, we have the same coach. Um, and we were, you know, in that space for a long time and we always saw each other, you know, connecting on the network and the Facebook page. And, you know, I think we always just saw each other and knew each other. And, and it was when we uh, connected on the, uh, the photo shoots uh, mm. that I was like, who is this bloody awesome chick? <laughs> <laughs> what a legend. <laughs> Likewise, my dear. And um, I really respect you and everything you do and what you have been sharing. So do you mind sort of just introducing where the sequences of events really that have led you to become such a boss-ass babe right now. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, You know, so like you said, I I guess I define myself less as just a personal trainer and more now as, 
uh, a women's you know health and wellness coach you know and also advocating the physical aspect of it of course but moving more into those mindset um, areas so I grew up in Adelaide originally and I guess my background has always really been heavily in dancing I was a dancer for you know 18 or so years and I went on to be a dance teacher and I always thought that that was going to be my direction I always thought I was going to you know fulfill my role as helping people but in a different industry and it was three years ago when I went on an overseas holiday where I you know first experienced what it was like to have a mental health issue I you know was depressed and a lot of anxiety after what happened and and that's when I really opened my eyes to my life and my direction, my career, what that was going to look like for me down the track and what it meant for me to help people, but in a different space. And, you know, that's when I went on to do my studies in personal training. I competed in, in the same year, the 2017. And of course, you know, I've moved into the WBFF space like you two are now. We're both, we're all competitors in the, in the same division and we all have our pro cards, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> After a lot of hard work though. Hey, and Nikki's, yeah. Nikki also gave me a lot of, um, I remember the pep talks you gave me before I actually won my pro card. She mm-hmm. held my hands and I'll never forget it. Oh God, I just bloody love you so much. And she stared at me. She's like, Danny visualize and execute visualize and execute and i literally took that onto the stage with Mm me oh so thank you i still remember being backstage i think i was doing awards for when you first competed was i not and i remember i come out and i was like who is this woman you were just so captivating i just could not not stop watching the sass on you i remember audience and being like god damn someone contain me like yeah. get that get me up there with this girl yeah. um yeah. and how good is this Sherelle I don't know if you remember but you actually awarded me my pro card you were the oh one yes oh, really? how good is that <laughs> that is so cool. I feel privileged to right. I couldn't even remember. Oh, what an honor, Cheryl. <laughs> yeah, amazing though. And, you know, so very well deserved. And, you know, both Danny and I talk about it a lot, like this pro status that we talk about. It's not, it's so much more than just the pro card. And you are a perfect example of what a pro should embody, but just the work and like Danny's already um, highlighted, you know, watching you grow from, you know, giving you that card or that status or that trophy to now sort of your own direction so you know since you have entered I guess um, the physique competitor sort of world what has your transformation been like mentally and what's provoked that that shift in mindset yeah you know and thanks for asking that question Sherelle I think we've all had our own transformational journey both in and outside of the bodybuilding world And I think anyone who competes consistently and, you know, I've seen your transformation, Sherelle, I think we all have um, not just a physical, but also that mental transformation when we've been doing it for many years and we go on to compete multiple times. For me, when I first started competing, I recognized heavily that a lot of it was based on filling a void that I was missing. And I wasn't aware of this for quite some time, actually. And I think that I realized how heavily I was looking for that in 2018 when I competed in the A&B. And this was before I went on to um, compete in WBFF. And in this competition, I came second. 
And I went home and oh my God, I Mm. brutally punished myself because I had put so much expectations on myself to do so well. And I was looking for that first place trophy in order to feel good and feel worthy. And the biggest uh, underlying, I guess, feeling that I was lacking was I felt worthless. Mm. And that was a platform for me to get on stage and prove how good I could be and, you know, how amazing I could look. And, And that first place trophy at the time was a way for me to prove that it was worth it. Mm. how did you punish yourself the inner dialogue was uh was the biggest thing you know you're not good enough you're not worthy um you know you're you're never going to be as successful you tried for the past year and and look where you've got and you know second place is the first to lose and it was just Mm. uh you know a a spiral of inner dialogue that was just so negative um for myself Mm. and then you know i had my WBFF competition coming up in October. This was, you know, August. And so I thought, okay, well, I've got to get back on track. And I promised to myself after that, I would never go into a competition with that much expectation upon myself because it was just, you know, really unfair. And and there was just no level of compassion. You know, you grow so much as a competitor and each year you get better, both physically and mentally. And I felt like I was uh, taking that success away from me and taking that growth away from me by, you know, putting myself down for coming second. Second's amazing. But at the time, I, you know, obviously was in a very different headspace. Yeah. And so I went into the WBFF show and my heart was full and I was just grateful to, to be at that experience and to just step on stage with, you know, all of you incredible um, athletes. And of course, I, you know, went home with top 10 and I was like, oh my God, top 10, like, what is this? This is like a whole new world. Mm. And then of course, um, you know, in that same night, I earned my pro cut. And I think it was a testament for me because I realized that competing was more about the trophy. It was more about getting on stage and, and earning that first place because it doesn't matter who's up on that stage. At the end of the day, whether you walk home with first or last place, how much have you grown as a human being? How much have you grown as a competitor, mentally, physically, spiritually? And that was a, a big defining moment for myself as a bodybuilding competitor because I realized it was more than going home with first, second, third. Um, so that was really impactful. I yeah. then had a, a, a big breakthrough around my worthiness and I wasn't you know, aware of this at the time when a friend of mine, Katarina, had a very brutal chat with me and uh, you know she started you know these thought-provoking questions what's that like what does that mean for you what's what's behind this question you know I heard you say that what's that all about and it you know she opened up some really raw um, you know wounds of mine and I was able to realize all of those years that I'd been looking for um, ways to fill this void Wow. First of all, thank you for being so real and raw just now um, in in reflecting. But then it's really noble of you to then seek guidance from someone like Katarina, who's helped me enormously as well. Just confirming, was this after you won your pro card? Yeah, it was after okay. I won my pro card. Yeah. So you did you still have those feelings of like, would they, would they still come up even though you 
received your trophy. Is that right? Yeah. I think mm. there was still a level of me that, that was looking to fill that void and, yeah. and was just really unaware of it. Mm. I think I defined what it meant for me to be as a competitor. Um, but there was still that, you know, that little bit underneath there that I just never had the awareness or the language for. And she just opened that awareness for me. Mm. I think a lot of us um, who share this sort of way of thinking about competing have that, you know, if you're not first, you're last sort of approach when we first step into into that space. But, mm. you know, you've got to move away from that. And I think, you know, this really does highlight the difference between bodybuilding, um, you know, and then this competing sort of WBFF styled way of doing things where it's not about how lean you are so much on stage. And also it adds this layer of complexity to men and women that I see and how different we are in this competing space. You know, I Mm. think we, you know, a lot of guys listening to this, you know, when you talk about bodybuilding, it's just a different mindset because we do have this element of not just the physical growth, but the mental growth. And of course, males approach that. But I just think women are complex with our minds in the way that we really do dig things up when mm. these tough times approach. And, you know, you are a testament of that, of like you can grow and you can earn this pro status and you can come away with the trophies and still feel this emptiness. And then it's sort of like, what is that? Why is that mm. hole there? Is, has something happened where I am not feeling that void? Because this sense of what I perceived as success isn't giving me the satisfaction that I want. So, you know, when you think about that void that wasn't there, you know, was there um, perhaps something after you won your pro card? Because it was in that stage that allowed you to fill that void. Yeah, I think having a coach instill self-belief mm was the best way for me to begin um you know really believing in myself as Mm. a competitor you know both on and off the stage as well a lot of those feelings of worthiness um and not feeling that had come from some childhood trauma and I was a little girl when I experienced um experienced that and and that stayed with me for a long time that was really embedded in how I how worthy I felt and how deserving I thought I was of you know success or how deserving I thought I was of something simple like love Mm. and having someone to believe in me like my coach um and her consistently you know embedding that in my mind and I thought she she's really got that belief in me and Mm. when I was able to uncover my worthiness that's when I was able to create that shift myself and it wasn't instantaneous it did take time of reaffirming because our subconscious is, you know, it takes up 95% of our processing power. Neuroscience tells us that. And so if your subconscious patterning and beliefs tell you that you're unworthy, it can be hard work to reprogram those core beliefs. And that's why, you know, I think mindset practices are so important to me because for me, being able to reprogram my self-belief and my self-worth I've been able to go on and redefine what it means for me to be a bodybuilding competitor and I can compete to be, you know, a high performing athlete and I can show women what's a, a capable of when you can deploy discipline and, and, you know, hard work and sacrifice and consistency, you mm. know, and that's for me is so important because now I compete for, you know, these beautiful reasons rather than filling that void. 
Amazing. It's been really cool that you are now practicing what you preach. So you went through it yourself and now you have this vision to help and coach others. And you spoke about holistic coaching earlier on. So what is your interpretation of holistic coaching and, and what do you want to be able to deliver with the women that you help? Yeah. So a holistic coach, and it's a very, it's a very broad, when I think of holistic coach, it's a, a very broad um, way to describe it because we, uh, we're encompassing, you know, a whole area of, of someone's life. We're looking at addressing their mental, their physical, their emotional and their spiritual well-being. And so it's really important that we look at, you know, every aspect of their life, hence, you know, it being holistically. Yep. So for me, and, and you know, I think it's really important to just name that, you know, every, every coach has a different approach. And at the end of the day, we're here to serve our clients. We're here to serve you know the people who are coming to us who need help and whether that means that they want to be a powerlifter a bodybuilder whether they're working you know on you know body correction or movement patterns or technique at the end of the day there's no right method of coaching it's whatever works for the client right we're here to serve them and so for for the clients who come to me my aim is to let them know that this is my approach and to employ these strategies to help them identify maybe their underlying causes of dissatisfaction, you know, increase their self-worth, give them knowledge and give them self-belief required to take the action that requires them to change from the inside out, you know, with their mind. Mm. I love that. Yeah. And I think holistic, you know, it's been butchered in the past of what it means. Everything's Mm. holistic. And, you know, I love this space though, that is coming in like the fitness industry of this wellness, holistic approach to health, because I think in healthcare, we use holistic, it's butchered in healthcare. And that's why I have a bit of a, a biased terminology to it, but it's, it's, it's up and coming in the fitness space because it hasn't been that approach. And we've just identified that like getting into bodybuilding, you know, a lot of us, did for the wrong reasons it was all about this this um this aesthetic the as mm. you know a side effect of the discipline and the hard work whereas we never look at what embodies discipline and hard work and you know i always sort of harp along the lines of you know the body follows the mind and a lot of us have sort of done it backwards and then now it's sort of like well if we did it this way, could we make this process smoother? And I think that's Mm. what we all do in our style of coaching is we do have this wellness holistic um, approach because we understand how important addressing all the different areas are. We are complex organisms and it's not just about eat this and do that and lift this. Mm. It's about like looking at everything from, you know, sleep, mindset, reproductive health, social setting, your sex life, like looking at everything Mm. for one person and allowing that to be the catalyst for the change. Absolutely. But it still is not widely known, I feel. We're obviously speaking out and we're all, us three, so passionate about this because I suppose we we all recognise that it's the biggest missing link and you can have, we've had the six packs, we've been at the photo shoots and all of that. We've all got the pro cards. We've all got the pro cards and it, it, yes, it gives you some sort of happiness short term, but then Mm. there's always going to be that underlying thing. And unless we address it with the help of someone, uh, because we're aware that you can't really do it on your own, then, yeah, then we're always going to have those same things coming up, coming up. Yeah. So it's yeah. cool that you're yeah. really taking ownership and 
becoming a leader to those in need. That's awesome. Yeah, and isn't that, you know, I think it's just a testament for all of us as as competitors. We've had to deploy these mindset strategies, you know, the mental health, the the psychology behind what goes on um, with our mind-body connection. And we firsthand have to use these strategies through our um, you know, our comp prep, even on and off the stage, you know, even through our foundation season, using our, our sleep, our mindset practices, our, our journaling, you know, our gut health, all of those things to self-regulate. Mm. And that's why, you know, working with the mind and the body and a cohesive approach helps people to consciously, you know, rewrite their programs so that they can have more of a positive relationship with their training, a more positive relationship with their food, you know, their bodybuilding experience. Um, and really support their desires for, you know, whether it's health, whether it's fitness, whether it's that they want a six pack. And that's, you know, that's fine if that's their goals. Um, but understanding the, the, you know, the driving factor behind that and, and mm. what that means for them um, and creating some balance there, you know, a little bit of push, a little bit of pull um, and letting that to ripple across all areas of their life. Because, you know, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything else. So if there's an incongruence in your values between the way you value your mindset practices or, you know, a simple act of journaling or meditation, where else is that showing up in your life? Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. And I think like something you said earlier about, you know, your own um, internal demons and the way you speak to yourself is something that I've been thinking about as well is like when, and I think we'll all be able to relate when we get a lot of girls come to us, like sometimes the way that they speak to themselves, it really triggers me. And I'm like, Oh, how can someone talk to themselves like that? How could someone say that? And I always, you know, like who's listening? And like, I'll say, oh, my daughter or, you know, and I'm like, no, as well, who's listening? Like you're listening. Because Mm. if you keep saying that, you're going to convince yourself that you are a piece of shit. You Mm. know, you're going to convince yourself that you're fat and lazy. And I just think, yeah, like it's something that we're all really strong about is this like believe in yourself. And sometimes it does take a coach or a mentor to believe in you as much as you want to believe in yourself, which is really important. But then it's also up to you to do the back work and the mindset work and, you know, the reflective work so that you can start believing, truly believing in in yourself. Mm. And just to follow off the back end of that, so what would some of the tools be because it's not an easy thing to do. A, it's so uncomfortable. And B, we, we probably don't even have the awareness of what it takes to actually dig deep. So how do you get your, not only yourself, but the people that you're working with to actually do that process? Yeah, so I think there are a few things that really stand out for me when you ask that. Um, the first thing I would say is your self-awareness. And becoming self-aware of pretty much everything in your life, your your habits, your values, um, and the patterns that running that are running. You know, like Sherelle just said, there are so many women out there who are going through these thought processes and these self this self-talk and this self-belief of I'm not good enough. They look in the mirror and they say, you know, I need to change this, or you know, I look fat, or I don't like the way I look in this area. Maybe they do something and and it doesn't work out how they want. And and all of a sudden their high achiever part says, I'm not good enough. And so the self-talk is really important because where your attention goes, your energy flows, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you're focusing every single day saying, not good enough, you know, not happy enough, you don't look this way, need to be this way, need to act this way where you spend most of the time, your energy is going to flow. And that's where people get into a space where, 
they um, find it really hard to take uh, action or they find it really hard to reprogram you know their habits and things like that mm. so self-awareness is really important and that might come you know that might look like meditation that might look like journaling that might look like simply going for a walk without your phone and your socials and just looking up at the trees looking up at the you know looking up at the sky and the clouds and just being aware what's happening in my body how do i feel today um and using that self-awareness um, of yourself so mindfulness um, and meditation would would come into that mm. and then i'd also be looking at defining your values so what do i really value do i value connection do i value integrity do i value um <laughs> there's a lot of them but connect like they're the i suppose we all want that connection we all want to feel like we're contributing we all want to have that love i suppose they're although from from my understanding of the values um you know there are different ones but i've do, have you come across the most common ones do you feel like we all sort of re resort back to two or three yeah i think like for me i i value um like service yeah um, connection one for me contribution um mm. but that looks different for everyone being able to define your values is a way for you to ask yourself am i showing up and are my habits and my daily actions supporting what i value or yeah. is there a congruence between you know your values and your actions so yeah. again you know values self-awareness and of course your habits because you know what you think feel and do on a consistent um, daily basis becomes your habits mm. um, and if these habits aren't aligned with your goals then again there's that incongruence and you're you're not going to be able to create these these lasting changes um, mm. yep. that you really want to make in your lives you know yep. if your goal is to have better well-being or if your goal is to lose a certain amount of weight are your daily habits that you take from the moment you wake up to the moment that you go asleep aligned with aligned with those goals and yeah and if not then you need to define well what's the what's the, what's the self-talk behind that and what are my limiting beliefs telling me why i can't do that yeah and i, I think it. something as well something that um i personally do is i have in my diary or my my diary my journal um today i saw danny <laughs> nikki it was amazing so much fun um <laughs> But I have a list of boundaries, not just like values, like I know what my core values are, but like these are the things that like I can't cross that line. And they can be like, some of them are really specific. Like I say no to double shifts all the time now. I don't put my body through that. Um, so they can be like physical ones and mental ones or just like, like you said, practices that I know if I do these my day is going to flow so much more smoothly. So it, you know, sometimes the values, like what you value can be sort of scary for people to think about like, Whoa, that sounds really deep, but it's almost like thinking about, okay, what are the things like where I'm not going to cross that line? Like, what am yeah. I not going to do during the day? And that can be sort of a way that you can sort of gravitate towards it. So yeah, I think like when you start thinking like this, it can be really scary for people just to enter this space and start thinking, Oh, like, I don't know what my values are. And a lot of people will default and be like, well, my family and my health. And of course those are the values, but some of those ones that you listed off, um, you know, are really, yeah, that. like yeah. that's, that's a lot of a deeper mindset than just thinking about with family. Cause we all value our family. Right. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's layers, isn't it? 
Well, a lot of people think it's selfish to have boundaries. Not everyone's as hard as you, you know, and I mean that in an awesome way. But um, people think that if they were to say no to that double shift, oh, people won't like me. And And I did. I did for a long time. But, you know, um, like we spoke with Michelle, you know, and I reflect now, like that was me crumbling every Mm. time I did. Like that was me collapsing and being like, you know, having to sleep until bloody 2 p.m. the next yeah. day because I'm just burnt out and it's like well who am I servicing and who am I benefiting for that mm. like mm. who is benefiting besides my bank account no one absolutely mm. no one it's a loss mm. yeah and I love that you said you know a lot of people value things like family and, and their job but looking deeper into that and defining what they value for themselves so what you just said there Sherelle with you know, who is that serving? It sounds to me like you value um, balance, mm. right? So we're looking at, well, what is it that I really value here? It might be that you value joy, workflow. You might value, you know, care, consciousness, abundance, integrity. You know, I really value integrity. It might be faith, exploration. There's so many things you could value. So mm. it's really important to define them because they're going to drive your day-to-day action. Mm. Yeah. And I love how earlier, Nikki, you said how we do, you know, like how we do one thing is how we do everything or how we do anything is how we do everything. And you said from the moment you wake up now, a lot of people would think, okay, journaling meditation, they talk about this a lot, but like making your bed. I remember watching a video clip about the Navy or the army and, you know, you wake up, you make your bed, you everything, you know, Mm. it has to all align and become that habit. In saying that, I've got a client, right, and she's in the, the army and she was saying like as they go through the years, so the first year they might have 15 minutes to do their morning routine, like up, brushed, ready, hair. And then the second year they've got 10 minutes, up, brushed, ready, hair. And then in their last year they've got five minutes and they're in that hallway dressed. So and that's I was just like, stressful. <laughs> that's fine. I know, but then that opens wow. that complexity of like, you know, a lot of us are like we said, high achievers and we always want to do more, more. So when do we like let those reins loose a little bit and allow us to like, you know, lay in bed for a little bit with our partner or have that flexibility? Because I think everyone works really well with on and off, but not so much balance and flexibility. Yeah. And I think that's really important. Allowing your body to tell you what you really need. Sometimes Mm. it can be really incompassionate to allow yourself to be in the cycle of I have to wake up and journal I have to wake Mm. up and make my bed I have to do these things and that high achiever part can often tell us all the things that we should be doing and then sometimes when we fall out of those you know rituals we can punish ourselves for it I think it's Mm. really important to be compassionate and allow yourself on a day to you know what I'm gonna get up and I'll make my bed but I'm not going to journal today. I don't really feel like it. Maybe I'll go for a walk instead and yeah. just what your body is telling you because sometimes it can be, you know, really unfair to expect ourselves to be these perfect human beings and get up and, and follow these habits like we're robots. Yeah, it's yeah. so true. And that robot Definitely. terminology is something we always refer it's come back up a lot. to. It has, mm. I think something as well, like something I remind myself when I do get into that guilty mindset of being like, oh, you should have done this better today or how could have I made today better is thinking, you know, Sherelle, your worst day 
used to be like your best and you know you can't be too hard on yourself because it's like if I looked at myself a couple of years ago and judged myself for some of the things that I do today I would be like wow you killed today girl and it's like that's something that we consciously need reminding of is like our own progress well it's Sunday I would have been a few years ago I'd have been in bed hung over right now man (laughs) (laughs) look at us up working on a Sunday now yeah it's it's hard to remember those things I reckon Throwback, like, you, where you, you know, from. Facebook memories pops up. Oh, <laughs> God, the statuses I used to make on Facebook. Like, Some of yours that you share are hilarious. God, but yeah, just recognizing how far we've come, I suppose, <laughs> is so important. It really does go to show that our high achiever part is always on. She's always on. She's always ready to, you know, tell us the things that we should. She's a bitch. <laughs> Um, and you know, we know should have's in the past is only one. Yeah. Okay. We'll do better tomorrow. And I think there's a big, um, distinction to create that shift of, you know, punishing ourselves for the things we have done in the past that we haven't done in the past and go, okay, well, what can I just do better tomorrow? Um, yeah. but it just goes to show, you know, she's always on, she's always talking, she's always telling us what we should have done. So it's really important to create a, you know, a good relationship with her, allow us to come in at times but then make sure you have you know your days off your rest you know your self-care Sunday and allow your system your central nervous system to self-regulate when it needs it yeah yeah and and as Sherelle said we did talk to Michelle um quite in depth about neuroscience and neuroscience and it's cool um to see that you're you know really embodying that as well so I would love to know like your take on it because we were just mind blown and I think we all have our own interpretation of such a subject Mm. and I'm just watching Nikki now like just beam up and, like and yes. glow, you know. Michelle's really brightening up and yeah, yeah. Good to see girls get really passionate about this sort of area. So yeah, what's your experience on neuroscience? Yeah, so if you're listening and you haven't watched or listened to the previous episode with Michelle on neuroscience, I highly recommend. So I've been learning from Michelle for about a year now and we jump on a Zoom call every Thursday to learn about um, neuroscientific models and learning a theory and language and understanding the human brain and how it regulates our body and our behavior. Mm. So in the neuroscientific model, we have been learning about the internal family systems and the most profound, transformative and, you know, personally rewarding um, approach has been us being able to look at the parts of our of our system, but in particular how we experience, you know, the world around us, our own experiences, and our own internal and external conscious awareness, mm-hmm. and what that looks like in particular spaces, what that looks like in you know relational rhythms, and and how that shows up. So you know, I think it's really cool because we're learning about the theory, but then we're also able to apply that to you know, our own experiences and, and see how that shows up for us and go, wow, you know, that's why that thing happened. Wow. That's why I feel that in my body when, you know, I, I step on stage or that's mm-hmm. why I feel that in my body when, you know, um, I don't stay on top of my self-care practices and we're able to look at our experiences and, and see how that shows up in our central nervous system. Mm. 
Mm. I love that you're really, yeah, putting in the groundwork and then able to relay that to other people because um, there's a lot in that in that topic and I feel like most of us will just benefit from little takeaway points because we can read all the books in the world and all of that but until we actually apply it small steps at a time it won't actually integrate into our habits and our lifestyle and all of that so what sort of are your driving factors and and what are the rituals and habits now that you've embodied uh, to further enhance your life? Yeah, I definitely think from what I've been learning from Michelle is that our body knows how to self-regulate, you know, and Sherelle, we were saying before we started the Zoom call that, you know, you were doing the journaling and you never really understood why that was so impactful for yourself. You never really had that awareness and that language of, wow, you know, I just do this thing and I know that it's helpful but having that language behind how regulating that is for my system and what happens to my arousal levels when I'm able to sit within my window of tolerance um, and bring my body back into a regulated state, being like, wow, that's what it's doing, then that's what it has. Knowing that our bodies have the capacity to just do that is really empowering and I guess really comforting mm -hmm. because I know when I'm feeling tired, I've got to get an early night's sleep. I know when I'm feeling tired that, you know, I need to cut back on my laptop for the night and I need to maybe do some reading to, you know, bring my activation levels down for the day. Mm. And sometimes, you know, we think, you know, we don't have the ability to, you know, my, my life is so stressed, you know, there's so much going on. Um, I just need a break. I need to go on a holiday. But really, you know, our bodies know how to self-regulate. It's how we are built for survival. Mm. And sometimes, you know, when there is too much activation and there is too much arousal, we can go out of, you know, this window of tolerance and we can go out of our, you know, our state of awareness and our prefrontal cortex can, can shut down and we can lose that ability to observe what's happening in the body, which is why it's so important to understand, you know, these habits and these rituals to self-regulate our central nervous system. So we can begin to create this more control and ease for our lives. So we don't feel like we're, you know, stuck in a fight or flight response. Mm. Um, we don't feel like we're so stressed. We don't feel like we have, you know, a collapse in the system and mm. we can create more balance and, and flow through, through our lives. So I think everyone listening has probably got ways in which they used to self-regulate, mm. whether that is reading or journaling or making your bed. Maybe it's a herbal tea or a, a cold shower. Oh, or... I love a good tea. Literally got one right here. <laughs> yep. Beautiful. And these are all things that our bodies know is really regulating for our central nervous system. There's yep. something that Michelle has taught us called our social engagement system. Mm. And it can be really self-regulating for us. And that can be something as simple as getting on the call with your best friend um, mm. or, you know, a friend from school, you know, doing a Zoom call with the girls on a, what's that new app called? Um, party. House party. We've spoken on that one. But yeah, where people just appear in your face like, oh, I wasn't ready yet. Here's mm. my double chin. <laughs> yeah. 
I think everyone right now is sort of missing that, um, you know, this social connection sort of thing. Yeah. I've seen it with the spike in social media and Zoom stocks and, you know, everything yeah. that's just um, everyone's trying to connect, right? And um, it's something that I guess I've been aware of is like how important connection is for me. You know, when I'm with a patient or a woman in birth suite, I'm like rubbing her back and I'm, mm. you know, telling her it's okay and I'm right up in, you know, I'm, I'm such a, a touchy person. There's like I always hug people and, and then I... I never thought about that being taken away and how that would make me feel. Yeah. Um, and this is sort of what this time has done is like, you know, I think I, I posted this on my story, but I had a girl come up to me in the hallway at work and try and hug me and I stood back mm. and, you know, that was almost like, oh, what am I doing? What am yeah. I doing? That's like, I want to hug you, but something's telling me no. And um, yeah, it's a really interesting time because I don't think a lot of people would you know, associate how connected we are as humans and yeah. what that feels like when it is taken away. Yeah. And how nice is it when you, you know, you have a really good friend that you can call and just vent to and share what's going on for you and, and they just kind of listen and hold that space for you to just be like, ah, and get it off your chest. Like you feel so much better after <laughs> and having that engagement and not just, you know, a text as, as you know, that yeah. you can see each other, you know, unfortunately we can't hug each other at the moment, but being able to have that tangible touch maybe with your partner um, mm. or your mum, you know, we can still do that. Mm. Um, and having that connection is so important at the mm. moment and it's really regulating for us. Or even like a pet, like I know, like, you know, if your pets got it. sold out, like all the animal shelters, everyone was getting pets. <laughs> See, as soon as they this had is it. We all just like, how can we connect? That's what everyone's doing. Literally. Like, even though I found myself patting a cat in the street one time. <laughs> I think we've all actually had cats on our stories recently. Like I definitely, I can recognize all the cats from both of your stories. But well, I've seen you doing that on your stories. You're so you're like a crazy cat lady. I was like, I'm like, give me a cat, give me a cat. There it is. I'm, I'm out there with my phone trying to find one. I was like, Luke, can we get one? He's bloody allergic. So you know, if you Aww. make me pick. Come on, Luke. Oh, brutal. Luke cops it. I love it. He's in the other room. He's about right? five episodes behind this one. No. <laughs> you can make your getaway by the time he um, catches up. But yeah, connection is just so important. In And you mentioned text messages and things like I pretty much always send voice messages yeah, now. Same. Sorry to people who just even on Instagram. Like, yeah. I'm just replying by voice. Not only is it like saves time as well, yeah, but you know, connection. I just, I in, like, you know, tone is everything. And I think when yes. you, you type something, you can say something or you can say something. And, you know, the way that people perceive it can completely change the message. And I think we've all experienced that perhaps before technology was so versatile, but we'd say something, you'd be like, oh my God, they've taken that the wrong way. Like, you know, we've all oh, yeah. said that, but now you can literally change it just by adding a bit of excitement, even like everyone listening to this right now, you know, a lot of this stuff, if you were reading it in a book, you interpret completely differently. Mm. Imagine us yeah. writing a book. Sorry. <laughs> Imagine that would be the day. I was just going to say, I bloody love getting a voice memo from you, Danny. Oh, oh I send her a lot, actually. You're like, is this appropriate to open up in the staff room? Because I always start them yelling and excited. I'm like, oh, I hope she's like, yeah, it's an inappropriate thing. the thing thing is sometimes you forget the question. Like I'll be like a minute into Danny and I'm like, what did you ask me? I write notes and then I write it because I'm like, fuck, what am I actually meant to say? Yeah. (laughs) I'll keep sending them then on that note. Please do. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So 
it's as we've been saying, I think just this is the new way of health and fitness and mindset goals mm. being holistic where all really trying to bridge that gap between health and fitness mm. you know fitness is one thing the aesthetics the shredded six packs the emptiness yeah but then you actually can embody all of it mm. but it's not easy it's not simple and we all have our own way to do it mm. but i think it is important for people to recognize that we aren't alone mm. we're never alone it is human physiology and psychology we're, we're all wired in similar patterns but different but we're not alone so you know reach out to people like nikki reach out to to us reach out to your loved ones like mm-hmm. and i think like, alone. as well like we just want the complexity of this sort of stuff to be known and that's why we're yep. sort of like you know it's not just these cookie cutter pdfs that are gonna sort your shit out you know like it's mm-hmm. so complex and you know this is what we want to do justice for um something i do want to ask you nikki is like what's next for you and where do you see yourself going into the future in this whole wellness sort of space because i love this change and this direction mm-hmm. that so many of us are grabbing onto and sort of embodying all this these approaches and systems as one and you know what's next for you yeah it's um it's it looks like a very interesting journey for myself and I'm still trying to architect and discover what that um that journey looks like for myself you know and just like my you know self-development as well with my business I think that's always going to be you know developing and and you know there's going to be an element of discovery and self-development um in that journey I think the journey for me at the moment looks like uh, taking a step away from being a personal trainer and, and moving into being an online coach um, for women who want to embody these holistic um, coaching modalities and who want to learn more about their mind and why, they, why you know, these things are coming up for themselves and mm. discovering you know, their self-talk, their, their, their belief systems and how that's been showing up for them um, and these unconscious patternings for themselves. So, you know, I'm definitely going to be moving into, you know, being an uh, online holistic coach um, and welcoming girls into my space who, who really want to embody these types of coaching approaches. Mm. Amazing. How exciting is that? I'm excited. Leaving the PT grind and now. love it. Yeah. So where can people reach out to you, find you? Yeah. So if you want to connect with me on Instagram, my um, IG handle is Nikki with a double K, Casa with a double S and then you can also head to LinkedIn and find me on there, Nikki Kassabom. You can also join us on the wellness project with my girlfriend, Leticia. We've just opened up the space there, like a free Facebook forum. If you want to come and, you know, learn some education, if you just want a a space, a community to connect, um, just type in the wellness project on Facebook and you can join us there. Mm. And then of course, if you want to listen to some more podcasts, head to my link tree on my Instagram, click the link in my bio and you can go in there and, and look at the other podcasts that I've done in the past. Yeah, fantastic. Amazing. Well, thank you so, so much for sharing your story, but then also your goals, visions, and the tools that you use to, to be such an amazing woman now. And um, I really respect that, you know, you said you're still the architect right now. Mm. You're, you're still creating and, and that's all we can ever do. Yeah. So thank you so much for being you. And of course, thank you for featuring on the Level Up podcast. Yeah. It's uh, really cool to have you. And I'm sure we will 
catch up again. Yeah. And I just love sharing, you know, other women like yourself who are just such positive role models and examples Mm. in the industry. And, you know, almost like a taste and an insight of your way of thinking because it is, it's definitely not black and white, is it? So Mm. again, thank you for jumping on Nikki and thank you um, to everyone who's listening. Um, If you did take anything again from this episode, please do take a screenshot and post it on your Instagram story. Tag myself, tag Danielle, tag Nikki and the Level Up podcast. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for having me. And just before I go, I just want to say to you girls, you know, even during this time with COVID-19, you know, keep reminding yourself like I did through my experiences that were, you know, traumatic is that, you know, only through our hardship can we evolve. And, you know, I I know a lot of you are probably struggling right now to find the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, So just remember that even through our hardship, we can learn and we can grow and we can become, you know, stronger. So really begin to be grateful for what you have and begin to shift your perspective and remind yourself um, through these hard times that will come out of the other end bigger and better and stronger. Beautiful. You're amazing. What a way to finish it. Thanks, Nikki. Thanks again, guys.